Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of An American F1. We got your pre-Monaco race tidbits. Yes, we are back to race week. We have the Monaco Grand Prix coming up. And before we get started with that, I know, you know, we're saying we're back to a racing week because first and foremost, have to address the situation with Emilia Romana and Imola over the last weekend. And, you know, I know every time we contemplate either postponing or canceling a race. There are tons of people, tons of people with their thoughts on, you know, whether the race could have continued, whether or not F1 handled it correctly or postponed it correctly or canceled a race correctly. And for what it's worth, this situation in Emilia Romana, I don't know if you have seen videos, photos, heard stories about it, but frankly, F1 what say what you want about the condition of the track on Sunday the amount of damage sustained throughout that area in the Emilio Romano region uh, in towns like Faenza which is the home to Alpha Tauri uh, the damage sustained the human toll you know in terms of either property damage there were people that lost lives or were injured uh, cannot be understated so F1 really making the correct choice to effectively canceled the Emilia Romano Grand Prix and honestly I have no problem with it and I think something that people forget one if you saw the images the F2 and F3 paddock were completely flooded at least Thursday Friday and I think even into Saturday and so for one thing you mean the track itself was not in a working condition I know there were you know people on Twitter on social media saying oh look we could have raced and F1's canceling the race blah 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 um and I think another part people forget is the amount of emergency services and crews that are required to staff a Formula One race is high. So those crews weren't needed to service the area in the Emilio Romano region. And really, to have an F1 race in a situation like that would have just been one of the worst atrocities ever you know uh you can't you can't do that you can't have a race while there is disaster going around the entire circuit literally in the town surrounding the circuit when there's you know human lives affected by a catastrophe uh, a naturally caused catastrophe and when emergency services are needed to help those people who are literally going through one of the worst experiences of their lives so you know, definitely good to see that F1 postponed, uh, canceled the race, sorry. And also good to see that F1, uh, you know, a lot of teams, a lot of drivers, uh, F1 itself stepping up to help the region. We had, first of all, Formula One committing to donating a million dollars to the region's uh, civil protection agency and safety agency. So, and to help those affected by the flooding. Um, also, the organizers of the Grand Prix itself are going to either reimburse people or allow them to get tickets for the 2024 race. So really everybody just doing the right job. We saw Yuki Sanuda um, helping out in Faenza, which is the home to Alpha Tauri. Apparently a lot of the Alpha Tauri staff were genuinely affected by this flooding. A lot of them, you know, had to get out just in time. A lot of them, the workers had their homes affected by flooding. Uh, even Nick DeVries almost got caught in flooding as well. So you're talking about, you know, one of the major teams of Formula One being directly affected, knowing the impact of this flooding. And if you saw Yuki Sonuda's, uh social media page, you would see that this was quite a serious storm and the damage was quite bad. So, you know, for those 
I don't think there really was that much hate towards it. You did see some people trying to, you know, make the claim F1 could have held a race in a, you know, essentially a disaster zone. But glad F1 canceled the race. I mean, disappointed there was no race weekend. And, you know, but listen, some things are bigger than racing. And this was an incident that was definitely bigger than racing. But, hey, look, we're back to race weekend. It's the Monaco Grand Prix. And before we get into that, I can't get into Monaco yet because there's something circulating around social media and you could take it for what it's worth. Whether you believe this is real, whether you believe it's fake news, whether it's some kind of hype that's being generated for various reasons. But if you're paying attention to social media, if you're paying attention to F1 news, you might have seen the report that supposedly Ferrari, Ferrari, Scuderia Ferrari, is gearing up to make a massive offer to Lewis Hamilton. Now, if I were a betting man, I would say Lewis Hamilton's not going to probably go to Ferrari. One, I think, listen, we understand that Mercedes has had their struggles, right? The last two years, 2021, uh, sorry, 2022, 2023, Mercedes has not been on the form they were since Abu Dhabi 21, let's get real, since that last lap. And... We know that Mercedes has a long way to go to be competitive, to reach the Red Bulls and to potentially fight for wins and a championship. But do we seriously think Lewis Hamilton is ready to ditch Mercedes? Is that a possibility? Is he going to go from Mercedes to Ferrari? Does Ferrari really want to create essentially this superstar lineup with Charles Leclerc and Lewis Hamilton? It is an interesting piece of news. It is interesting An interesting thought. But is Lewis Hamilton really willing to go to Ferrari? A Ferrari team that, let's get real, has not given us much hope that they can compete for a championship. You know, they might be able to compete for wins, but have we seen Ferrari as of recent in form good enough to say, yes, this is a team that looks ready to strike at the Rebels. I think right now, a team that looks more promising is Aston Martin than Ferrari. Is Lewis Hamilton willing to go from, you know, this Mercedes team that hasn't quite hit the mark with the new regulations to, yeah, a Ferrari team that has proven to be fast sometimes, but has also squandered potentially championships and race victories due to little mistakes. And I know they have different leadership and I know they're reworking the organization and I know they're prepared to launch a big deal for a big deal for Lewis Hamilton. But does that mean that Lewis is going to switch like that? Does that mean that's a real possibility? Personally, I don't think so. I think this is a move to get Lewis Hamilton to get to get uh, Mercedes attention to maybe make a big deal for Lewis Hamilton. To maybe give them some certain, you know, stipulations or promises that, yeah, they can be that team that will get him that eighth championship. That's what I really think it is. That's, I think it's one of those posturing moves you see so often in sports, especially, you know, not just in the United States with sports like basketball and football and baseball, things like that, you know, where they try to drive up the price of, you know, either a signing bonus or certain promises, but you see it all over the world in football as in soccer and other things like that. So You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of those deals where, you know, some kind of action is trying to be taken to kind of entice Lewis, kind of entice Mercedes into giving Lewis some more deals and, you know, things like that. Although, I do got to say, Lewis Hamilton going to Mercedes, uh, sorry, Lewis Hamilton going to Ferrari, 
imagine if Ferrari was able to create a competitive car and Lewis Hamilton could not only just be successful at Mercedes, but probably shut up a lot of haters too that, you know, say it was just the car when he outperformed Charles Leclerc, win a championship with Ferrari, the team that, you know, his childhood hero was Michael Schumacher, and it was the team that Schumacher basically brought back to prominence in the late 90s and early 2000s. So could you imagine if Lewis Hamilton was able to secure that eighth championship with Ferrari? It is it is a juicy story. It does make, like, you know, quite enticing of a thought experiment. And I believe in the past, I thought it was, like, after his McLaren days, Lewis was tied briefly with Ferrari. I thought that was, like, a potential move. He was a potential candidate. I might be wrong, but I feel like I vaguely remember that. So, you know, it, it it's interesting the moves and transfers. We've had some unique transfers go on recently, you know, with Fernando going to Aston Martin and the whole, you know, Oscar Piastri saga, but could Lewis Hamilton really throw us a wrench and give us that hype? I mean, I think Lewis Ferrari, uh, uh, Lewis Ferrari, ooh, I like that, Lewis Ferrari, Lewis Hamilton to Ferrari is like one of those like salivating ideas right there to see him racing with that team, especially because I know a lot of Ferrari fans that are Lewis, I don't know if they're Lewis haters, but they're not Lewis fans, I can tell you that much, so uh, I don't know if it's so much that they don't like Mercedes or they don't like Lewis, but I think it would create some interesting conversations with my Ferrari buddies. I'd be like, hey, so what do you guys think now of Lewis Hamilton? You know, see, you know, and <laughs> it would be really cool if Lewis could be the guy to bring that team back to some prominence, just like his, you know, childhood hero, Michael Schumacher did. So, you know, that was that interesting piece of news <laughs> floating around on Twitter and, uh, I don't know. I, I I really don't think it's going to happen. I think Lewis is committed to Mercedes. I think Mercedes and Lewis will somehow find a way to stick together. But, you know, in the crazy world that is F1 where, you know, everything you think is a short deal really isn't, I'm tempted to see what will happen with this story and how it develops further. Uh, but, yeah, hey, we're back to race week. We're back to Monaco. And one thing I'm tired about with Monaco One thing that annoys me is every time we go to Monaco, it's the same story every time, right? Everybody starts asking, how could we improve the racing at Monaco? What do we need to do at Monaco to make the racing better? And I'm going to be honest. There's nothing you could do at Monaco to make Monaco better. Listen, I love Monaco the track. I love the history behind Monaco. I get it. I do really, really get why we like to keep Monaco on the calendar. But frankly, I don't think... It fits F1 now. And there's nothing wrong with that. There are a lot of tracks that historically we don't go to anymore. Or layouts we don't race on anymore. There are tracks that have their place in history. Monaco might need to be one of those. Yes, it is great. It does have a place in pop culture. It does bring a lot of money to that area. It is one of the premier events, not just in the world, but in the racing world, in Formula One, and in, in, you know, everything. I get it. And it's, it's a cool backdrop, and it's a, it's a nice city, and it's got some sort of unique atmosphere, and, you know, it's a storied past, but we don't need to go there. We don't... I, listen, I, I love, again, the history of Formula One. Formula One has rich historical moments. Monaco is one of those premier tracks, but we don't need to go there. We need to stop asking the question... How can we fix Monaco? 
We need to start asking the question, where are these tracks we can go to that fit the current cars? The sport is evolving. And I saw an article on motorsport.com, and I don't mean to hate on the article, but with this motorsport.com article, they were asking about, you know, are there changes um, we could make to the F1 cars to make them smaller and make them more raceable? And I get it, right? I do get it that we're making that there is this plan to make or shrink the F1 cars, but there is still things we need to consider. And I know the article claims that, yes, everything we have, the halo, the safety structures would be the same, but we really need to make sure that is the utmost important. There is a reason why these cars are bigger. There is, there is a legitimate reason, and I know they don't make the best racing on a lot of tracks, but I think we need to start going to more purpose-built tracks i i mentioned last week that new uh track that's at hungary that is looking for an fia f1 license right that track would be a lot better like we need more purpose-built tracks that will help create good racing and help you know make these things closer and i know the regulations try to do that but i really do have a lot of questions if this new this proposed or you know this concept car would it really work? And is this a question we really need to be asking? I, I just hate every time we go to Monaco. If we have to ask questions, how can we make Monaco better? Whether it's qualifying format, smaller cars, uh, things like that, changing the layout. Maybe we don't have to go there anymore. Maybe we have to find somewhere else. Maybe we have to give other tracks an opportunity, other parts of the world an opportunity where, hey, maybe we can have some good racing. Turkey, we haven't been there. Turkey has some great racing. The Istanbul Park Circuit. I love it. Maybe we need less of these street circuits. Maybe we need less of this. And I get it. There is a big marketing appeal to Monaco, to Miami, to Vegas, to the streets of Singapore, to the streets of Jeddah Corniche Circuit. I think Qatar is eventually going to have a street circuit in the future, or at least a partial one. Melbourne Park. You know, I could keep going on. But there is this atmosphere to them. But there's nothing wrong with a purpose-built track as well. And I get the element of street racing. I like a good street race here or there. But we don't need a calendar full of it. We don't need a bunch of Monacos. So we need to start looking about how we can fix maybe the tracks themselves. Maybe tracks we can go to that are better, that are suitable. And I know it's complicated. I know there are marketing elements. There's financial elements and things like that. But maybe it's time we start asking, where can we go? to have better races and i love monaco i do enjoy the qualifying i think qualifying is always exciting at monaco and i know there were proposals like i saw i love will buxton but you know his proposal to have an indy 500 style qualifying I don't, we don't need to fit. i like qualifying in formula one i really think the format formula one has is one of the more exciting qualifying formats in racing so i don't think we need to change that i think we need to look at how either we can change the tracks and you know if we can change the cars to make them safer but smaller i'm all right with that but again we can't trade off safety for entertainment that's where a lot of you know mistakes have been made nascar saw that effect with their you know next generation car where they basically you know sacrifice some safety for trying to make better racing we can't risk that so we need to make sure safety is at the utmost importance and that the cars still function as they're supposed to, even if they're smaller. And I know there are plans in 2026 to do that, but 
for now, let's let's see what happens. Let's see. Um, I'm kind of tempted for Monaco this this year. I'm kind of you know, I was thinking about it. Like, could there be a surprise winner at Monaco this year? Could there be a driver like uh, a Fernando Alonso, maybe a Lewis or a George Russell that managed to sneak their car into the pole, have a really genuinely great qualifying effort? Because there is an element of skill that is needed at Monaco, an element of precision. And and I'm not saying that Max Verstappen doesn't have it. But what I am saying is that, you know, a driver like also a Checo who is great at street courses. But a driver like a Fernando Alonso, a George Russell, a, you know, uh, Lewis Hamilton, maybe a Charles Leclerc. Can they find their way to pole and maybe hold on? during the race to actually win it and not make, you know, wrong strategy moves. Looking at you, Charles Leclerc. You know, can we find a way to have a surprise driver? I actually think this year, of the courses that could have an upset winner, I feel the most comfortable with Monaco having, maybe not an upset winner, but somebody outside of Red Bull essentially winning because obviously this appears to be a Red Bull-dominated year. But I can see Monaco for some reason throwing some surprises their way because really anything can happen on the track. You have a bad pit stop. You have poor qualifying effort. Things don't go right in qualifying. You have a good qualifying effort and you outperform. You could launch yourself into a good result. So I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe there's a driver that genuinely surprises us this weekend, like a Fernando Alonso, like a George Russell at Monaco and is able to, you know, make a move that helps him get a victory. And I'm tempted to see what happens. I'm tempted to see if that's a possibility. But, you know, it's what I like about Monaco, the the precision and that part that is needed for qualifying. I really do love. Uh, with that being said, this weekend, if you're a big racing fan, this is a big week for some races, right? We got the Indy 500. I, I don't know if anybody's caught qualifying, but it is kind of nice, right? So like, you got Monaco in the morning. You then have the Indy 500. And then you have, if you're a NASCAR fan and you like oval racing, you have the Coca-Cola 600. All of them, honestly, I enjoy all those races. They are very fun for me to watch. I start the day with Monaco, get my Sunday up and going, watching the race, get into the Indy 500, which I think this year the field is really tight. There's a lot of quality drivers. Again, I've been saying this all year. Indy car right now has some of the best racing. And I know there's spec cars, but there's a lot of good Formula. There's a lot of good ex-Formula 1 drivers. Marcus Erickson, you know, potentially dominating the championship again. Um... We have Roman Grosjean, who, you know, not the best oval racer, but we got all these drivers involved in it. Uh, Cal Milet, who was a development driver, right? So we do have these former F1 drivers or potential F2 drivers, F3 drivers, right, that have made their way up into Indy and are racing quite well. So you got to watch the Indy 500. It's one of the premier racing events. It's part of the Triple Crown of racing. And then the Coca-Cola 600, which is a great NASCAR race. I know NASCAR isn't the most appealing for everybody because of its oval racing but nevertheless i'm excited for the race weekend i'm excited for monaco i'm really really hoping that we get i'm really just excited to get back into a race weekend i'm hoping for a surprise victory i have a feeling the race itself probably going to be very boring you'll probably hear me talking next tuesday about how monaco was what we expected how it was a boring race but i'm hoping somehow the track proves me wrong and Throws a little curveball here or there. And that, hey, maybe we see Fernando Alonso not just on that podium, but on that top step of that podium. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the race weekend. It's going to be a race packed 
Sunday with Monaco, the Indy 500, and the Coca-Cola 600. I look forward to talking to you guys on Tuesday about everything that happened. I hope you enjoyed some of these tidbits. And hey, Ferrari fans, just maybe Lewis Hamilton is the savior you need. Thank you guys for listening, and I'll talk to you next Tuesday.